Good evening. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service here in the year 2023. Please uh, note that we will be going through the service without uh, commentary or direction. So when there is an asterisk, you will stand and I'll let you know when to be seated as we'll just continue right through the service. But before we get to Christmas Eve, we as a church have some unfinished business. Yes, today is Christmas Eve. But it is also the fourth Sunday of Advent. So we are going to start by observing the lighting of the fourth Advent candle, and then we'll move into our Christmas Eve celebration.
You may be seated. Please join in the readings for the lighting of the fourth Advent candle, the candle of peace. Light and peace in Jesus Christ our Lord. We light again the candle of hope. It shines brightly even when it burns alone. We light again the candle of love. It is love that illuminates our hearts so we can better see the world God loves. So too we light the candle of joy. It is joy that fills our hearts when we share the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for the hope and love and joy we have in Jesus Christ. Today we light the candle of peace, peace given for the sake of others. As we wait for the birth of our Savior, we are reminded that Jesus came to show us a more excellent way, the way of love. Jesus loved the world hope, a hope that comes when love is given without restrictions or barriers, without conditions or exclusions. The hope of the world is Jesus' love, bringing joy and peace. Today, remember that God loved us so much that God sent this perfect gift so that we might know what love looks like, a love that brings peace on earth. Please join in prayer. As Mary sang in joy that the Prince of Peace was coming to lead the world from want and guide his people to safety, may we sing songs of peace to a world wearied by conflict and troubles. May we know peace in our hearts each day, and may we bring others into the safety of God's heavenly peace. Amen. That's better. Join your hearts with me in prayer. Creative God, breath of all life, through whom all things are created and sustained, all sons and daughters, flocks and herds, birds of the air and fish of the sea, you walk this earth as child and creator. You touched the soil. You quenched your thirst. You embraced this world, and into our dark and death-fearing lives, you brought life and light. Creative God, breath of all life, through whom all things are created and sustained, we bring to you this evening the sacrifice of our contrite and willing hearts. Receive, O Lord, these gifts of praise in the name of the one born in Bethlehem, Jesus, the Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the prophet Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word of the Lord. Please remain standing as we join in our confession. If we confess our sins, God is faithful, God is just, forgiving us our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Please join with me in our unison prayer. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ, you came as light shining in darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light, nor trusted good news to be good. 
We have closed our eyes to glory in our midst, expecting little and hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ our Lord. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove the iniquities from those who fear him. Friends, believe the good news. It is the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us give thanks and praise unto God. You may be seated. From the gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord.
from the Gospel of Matthew. Now the birth of the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus, the Gospel of the Lord.
You may be seated. From the Gospel according to Luke. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The Gospel of the Lord. the gospel according to Luke. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. 
Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Join your hearts with me in prayer. As your son was born so long ago in a stable because there was no room, may we find means to open our hearts and make room for your son's presence, that we might join the angel chorus. 
and sing glory. Amen. The line snaked out the door of the store and out into the parking lot. I'm talking about the line to the butcher shop just a couple of days ago. And that line was just the cue to get into the vestibule of the shop to pull that little paper tab off of the ring of tabs that are in that red plastic dispenser. After waiting in that line, I finally tore off my little tab and looked down and it said 17. And I thought, well, that's not too bad. Until I could see the little illuminated red digits over the display case. And I realized, oh, it starts over again at zero. It's currently in the low 80s. My morning is now gone. Geez, said the man next to me. Mr. 18. Spotting the now serving sign, he said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, it is kind of our own fault. Waiting till the last minute as we did. Nodding, Mr. 18 stood up straighter and said, well, we can wait grumpy or we can wait happy. Either way, the wait will be the same. But happy will feel shorter. I think to myself, oh my God, I'm in line with Fred Rogers. But the more I stood there with Mr. 18, I realized he'd not only provided me with an introduction for my Christmas Eve sermon, but he actually changed the trajectory of my heart over these last couple of days. Of course, waiting in line for a premium cut of beef is definitely a first world problem. But understanding the difference between waiting grumpily and waiting happily is a human problem. And there were in that country shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Shepherding is a waiting job. Waiting for the sheep to eat. Waiting for the lambs to birth. Waiting for the water to be still enough for the flock to drink. Sheep are skittish sorts. They pick up on a shepherd's impatience, thinking if the shepherd is grumpy, there must be some reason, some danger, something to which they should attend. Mellow shepherds make for mellow sheep, and mellow sheep don't run away or scatter. They're happy sheep, assuming that they're safe. They've been waiting for us, these shepherds of Bethlehem. It's been about a year since we gave many attention, right? They're abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks, patiently, unhurriedly, just the lambs and the sheep and the cold winter's night that was so deep. 900 years before, in that same pasture, or very close to it, there was another shepherd who was waiting. He was the youngest son of Jesse, and his brothers had abandoned him to go into town, to go into Bethlehem, to the house. It seems that Samuel, this priestly prophet, had paid a visit to their dad's Jesse house, 
David's seven brothers all queued up, thinking that maybe Samuel would offer them a job and rescue them out of this tedious shepherding, this ticket out of a jerkwater town called Bethlehem. According to Dad, David was just too young to even be considered. He was a kid, and no prophet priest guy was going to offer him a job. So David waited there with the sheep. David liked abiding with the sheep in the field. He liked it so much that he'd write songs and poetry about the experience. His brothers thought he was a bit of a whack job. But David didn't care. He was happy. He was content. He was joyful. Of course, as you know the story, the seven brothers were all disqualified. One by one, they prayed it in front of Sam the priest who shook his head no over each one asking Jesse if there were any more sons that he could, he could inspect or interview. Jesse mentions, well, there's the youngest. He's out there with the sheep. David heard someone calling him. He needed to come quickly to go to Bethlehem where there was some great news about the country having a new king. That's the field, you know. The same field where David was called and anointed as king. It's the same field we visit these shepherds each and every year. They don't complain. They've been there the whole time with their sheep. They've just been kind of waiting for us for the hymns to get around to their part in the story. Last year when we impatiently moved on with our Christmas celebrations, they wrapped up by happily celebrating, joyful, with their sheep. We can wait grumpy, or we can wait happy. Either way, the wait will be about the same, but happy will feel shorter, said Mr. 18. Maybe he was a shepherd, I don't know, I I didn't ask. But that's the problem. If you're going to wait happy, somebody might think you're a little odd, or a little weird, or just not well informed. The prophet Habakkuk was waiting About 300 years after David, he knew his nation was a mess and the Chaldeans were swatting away little countries like theirs like flies. It seemed that Israel was the next in line for invasion. But watching and waiting, knowing well that the cost of the crisis of war would be devastating, he concludes his book by writing these words, I hear and I tremble within My lips quiver to the sound. Rottenness enters my bones and my steps tremble beneath me. I wait quietly for the day of calamity. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. Habakkuk knew that he could endure the trials of the invasion grumpily or happily. It would take the same amount of time and he chose the risk of joy. Joy, my friends, is a risk. 
It is a risk because it seems to be incongruous with all of the anxiety of those who are around us. If you risk joy, they'll be very quick to point out just how misled you must be. But most of the things that cause the anxieties are out of our hands and power anyway. So why pass the time grumpily? Now serving 96 flashed on the screen. I did the math. I'm Mr. 17. That's 20 more to go. If I stayed here joyfully sharing the same goofy smile as Mr. 18 behind me, how would people know that there was such an intrusion on my time? How would the manager understand that he should have hired more for the holiday rush? Never mind the dozens of other customers. They were making me wait. I had shopping to do, errands to run. I had a Christmas Eve sermon to write, for Christ's sake. <laughs> if I were to stand there joyfully waiting like some ignorant shepherd, they'd miss that it was a grand imposition on me. To muster joy would be my being comfortable with the fact that others, who by the way were not me, were getting in their cars and having their orders filled and moving on with their day, while I was stuck there abiding in a line with a nut job who'd started humming Christmas carols. <laughs> we abide in fields of the unjoyful. We're convinced that if we let our guard down, even for a moment, if we risk by saying, you know what, things are actually okay, if we risk that we just might want to be joyful, then we somehow are giving permission in our twisted minds to, to the evil in the world. I mean, after all, people are starving and the planet is heating up and refugees are fleeing violence and now serving seems to be stuck at two. No, I cannot. I'm not going to risk it. And then Mr. 18's humming had turned to kind of a soft whistle. Oh, for crying out loud. The shepherds in the field of Bethlehem waiting, watching. It was the patient ones that actually saw the angels. Do not be afraid. Good news. Great joy for all people. For all, all people. Such a risk joy can be. A risk of stepping outside of myself, of thinking not about my list, but about all the people. Considering that my grievances are just that, my grievances. And because they are mine, I can choose to nurse them and to polish them and to hold them tight until they begin to burn me from the inside out. On the other hand, because they are mine, I could also just risk letting him go. Put him down. Choose instead to risk joy. Joyful people don't cut in line. 
Joyful people don't push, they don't jostle. Joyful people do not insist on their own way. They are not irritable, they are not resentful. They bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. And I found myself adding harmony. And then I heard number 17, can I help you? He was right. He was right. Amen. At this time, we receive an offering. Please don't cynically think we do it because the sanctuary is full. We do it because we think you're going to be generous. If you want to designate your offering to any of the missions or needs of the church, please do so on the envelope. The Christmas Joy Offering is the particular denominational offering that we receive this time of year. Um, it assists uh, ministers who are having financial difficulty as well as continuing education. I've told you the story that this offering means a great deal to me because I was a beneficiary of the Christmas Joy offering many years ago. I found myself between positions, as they say, uh, meaning that I'd lost my job. And I was attempting to cover my insurance, but it was expensive. And so the Board of Pensions, through the Christmas Joy offering, said, we'll help you out for a few months just with your health insurance. And during that period of time, my son got injured in a minor go-kart accident, but had to go to the hospital for x-rays and exams. It would have been catastrophic. It wasn't. Because people somewhere on a Christmas Eve threw some money into an envelope or wrote a check and gave it to the Christmas Joy offering. And... Um, it wasn't uh, as scary as it could have been. So figure out, God doesn't care where you are led to be generous. God only cares that you are generous. Ushers will help you fulfill that generous dream.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke. When the angels had left the shepherds and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Throughout the service, the four candles of anticipation have burned before us. We have heard again the proclamation of hope as the prophet spoke of a coming Messiah. We learned of God's love reaching to the world through a promised child, God's child. We discovered again how the news of our salvation brings joy to God, for we are God's joy. And we heard again the words of peace, as God has reconciled us to God's self through Christ. Tonight, we are together, hearing and sharing the good news. For to us, a child is born, a Savior given. We kindle the light that burns throughout the year as God's Spirit burns within us, bringing hope, love, joy, and peace. Please join me in the unison prayer. Open our eyes this holy night to behold your light glimmering into the darkness of our broken world. As we receive the flame, may we hold tight to your promise that your light shines in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. Light the way before us as we anticipate your coming to illuminate every heart and bring hope, love, joy, and peace to the world. For this light and by your promise, we lift our candles high on this silent night to give you all thanks and praise. Amen.
as an act of courage. As an act of risking joy, let us raise our lights to the heavens that they may shine brightly and that we may know that Christ has come, our light in a dark world, and the darkness cannot overcome it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thanks be to God. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her. sounded magnificent. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a lovely Christmas gift you shared with each other. And that is 
the power of finding joy, whatever's going on. You gotta wait anyway. Why do it grumpily? Because the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit waits with you in that line. So it makes sense to find joy. This Christmas Eve and every other line in which you wait. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Amen.